You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy at 35, the All American. And Dan. We at the same corner, same time, fellas. Beautiful week. How y'all feeling? Oh man, feeling great. Feeling great. What about you, it Daniel? Is, it is Super Bowl week here in Tampa. There's a cold front coming through. There's mm. festivities everywhere. There's famous people roaming around. So once what we're done here, I'm searching for famous people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just gotta be part of my people, you know. Yeah. The, J, the JW Marriott and the Marriott are uh, about a quarter mile away from me, so that's where all the famous people are. So um, they're inviting me up to rooftop bars, all that kind of fun stuff. So okay, Dynamite not yet they have, but I'm sure there'll be invites. You taking the cannon? I should. It, it would fit right in with the box. Right, right. <laughs> hey, hey, but Dan, no, no bullshit. Yeah. So I heard somewhere they were like, obviously because the Super Bowl and they got to be right. like a neutral site. No, no cannon, uh, no cannon firing this weekend. They should just fire the cannons for everybody. Yeah, it's just go. a Tampa thing, right? I mean, they fire cannons yeah, for Gasparilla. Well. They fire cannons for everything. Is that an advantage <laughs> or something? Like, why do they want to use the cannon? That's what I'm saying. You know, we we do it on um, we get in the red zone. They do a first down down or no? I need to find out who fires the cannon and submit my application as somebody with experience firing off cannons. I don't oh, think man. they're shooting actual cannons over there, Dan. Yeah, they're shooting. Yeah, they are. They're shooting like blanks out of a cannon. They're not shooting cannonballs. Well, then they're not shooting. There's no bullets flying out of it. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I don't think you shoot a bullet out of a cannon. Well, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Some type of ammo, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> they made a tomato. That, that big boom for that small bullet. What's up, Obama? I think when they first, the first, I think the first game they were in that stadium from the old. Remember the old Hulahan? Stadium. No, I don't, but I'll take your word for it. The, the old sombrero is what they call it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, they was letting out the cannons, but people was complaining, saying the cannons was too like it was too loud. Yeah, so they had to like do something to tone it down or some shit like that. Wow, they used to get used to it. Yeah. All right. Um, we hey, had big... a lot of news, a lot of news, a lot of news, a lot of news. Shout out, to, shout out to the Gators, man. <laughs> On a lot of news, good, bad, indifferent. Dan, what do we got? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's get the, the the show started, and we'll jump right in. So, as always, this show is sponsored by our friends over at the Thomas Firm, which is going to help handle your insurance claims for property damage to your home or business. Their lawyers have well over twenty years of experience handling roof damage from leaks, storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, fires, etc. They're going to work all over this beautiful state of Florida. So, if you suspect that you have damage to your home, give the Thomas Law Firm a call for a free consultation to ensure that your insurance company is going to pay what you are owed for the complete repair for your home. No charge unless they help recover what you're owed. 813-221-2525. 813-221-2525. Um, we've been hard on them before. So we're going to start the show by giving a shout out to the uh, Florida Gators men's basketball team, which had two uh, big victories over top uh, 15 teams. They beat Tennessee 75-49 to 49 last Tuesday. I'm sorry, that was on the 19th. Uh, I'm sorry, they beat Georgia on the 23rd. They beat Vanderbilt on the 27th. And then they beat West Virginia uh, on Saturday with an 85-80 to win. So that is two uh, top 15 wins over the last two weeks. 
Um, so shout out to those boys. Were you guys able to watch that game? Yeah, I checked that game out. West Virginia game you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, the West Virginia game. Sorry. Yeah, I checked that out. That was a uh, really good game. Really good game. I think Mike White did a good job. The offense and and, and they they got they pulled off the upset. I think Castleton. I said in the beginning of the year, I like I like the way he played ball. I like his mentality. I like the way he uh, gets busy in the paint. Um, he's everything we thought the last guy was going to be. So uh, shout out to Mike White Blanco himself with a big win, man. You could like definitely see the differences in, in when the guys really come to play and when they don't. You know, when that's the that's the issue though, like consistency. That's it. So that's what we've been saying. So like when when we say you know X Y Z ain't playing up to the standard, because we we can see it. You know what I'm saying? Because when they when when they when they play to how they're supposed to play, they 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 beat good teams. So yeah, um, Colin Castleton won uh, SEC Player of the Week. Uh, that's his second time uh, this season. And I believe I was trying to find the statistic. I think he's only the fifth or sixth Gator ever uh, to receive those honors. And that puts him uh, right in there. Jalen Hudson was the last one uh, to win just a couple of years ago. And then uh, Joe Kim Noah was a winner in the past, but I, I think only five or six people have ever uh, gotten that honor. So big shout out to Colin Castleton, the other transfer from, uh, from Michigan. Oh, here it is. Yep. So Colin Castleton with two. Jalen Hudson won three times in that 2017, 2018 year. Uh, Michael Frazier won twice. Scotty Wilbekin won twice. Joe Kim Noah uh, won twice. Dan Cross won twice. And Vernon Maxwell. So uh, Vernon Maxwell, Dan Cross, Joe Kim Noah, um, you know, group is in a is a bad group to be a part of. So shout out to the Gator men's basketball team. Uh, they enter the season ranked for the first time. Uh, on a four-game winning streak, and they will be playing South Carolina on February 3rd at 3.30. Strange time for a basketball game on a Wednesday, but 3.30 against South Carolina. Um, other big news outside of football, uh, Becky Burley, a Stadium and Gale alumna, uh, has announced uh, as the head coach of the women's soccer team that she will retire uh, after the end of this soccer season is over. Um, she says she has a few other interests she wants to explore. I know she's doing some some coaching, um, some, some professional coaching and, and performance coaching, um, so I wonder if she'll move into that space. But Becky Burley was a great, great, great interview that we had this past summer, so I highly encourage you to do that. She is and has been the only head coach of Florida women's soccer, uh, former national champion, uh, winning coach as well. Um, so shout out to Becky Burley. Shout out to Becky Burley, man. And congratulations on your retirement. Enjoy it. You know, live it up to the fullest. Absolutely. Getting in retirement. Becky's super cool. A great individual. I think I tweeted it um, earlier this week, man, it's, or, or last week. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, we wish you all the best. Absolutely. Uh, super sweet lady. We're super excited for her. Uh, Steelers Marquise Pouncey um, has told teammates that he's likely retiring uh, after 11 seasons, uh, barring a change of heart. Uh, Ahmad, uh, with that being said, um, you grew up uh, and played with, uh, with Marquise Pouncey, both at Lakeland and at the University of Florida. Do you have any uh, good uh, Pouncey stories for us? <laughs> I, I got plenty of Pouncey stories, uh, but, you know, this is – I mean, we was always together. Um, I remember one time in high school, they got this guy's keys and parked this car on the other side of campus. They're just always doing little silly shit and mischief. I remember one time, bro, they, they, they were all, always into their music, right? So they had a, they had a bubble Chevy, right? So I think we were in like, 10, like 11th grade, going, going into the 11th grade. And they had a bubble Chevy. 
and they had, had some music back there and they had somebody put music in and an amp back there and all that. We were riding down the road and freaking smelling like like fumes in there or something and then smelling smoke and shit. And it's like, what is that? And come to find out the amp caught on fire. Oh my god. Yeah, in the trunk, bro. So like we out like yeah, bro. So so many, so many, yeah, bro. So many crazy stories with pounds, man. I don't know what they had going on in, in the bubble Chevy, man. I remember one time we first when we first got freshman year, I uh they, they had a uh, Impala. They had got a, a Chevy Impala right before we came up here. So they had like the bubble Chevy, probably like tenth grade, eleventh grade. And then they got the Chevy Impala that they shared a silver one when we came up here. And I didn't have a car yet, so um, we had first just, just got up here a couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks up here. And you know, I had a young lady say, you know, come over. So I, you know, I went over and whatnot, and you know, I, I asked Pounce, can I borrow the car? And he was like, yeah. You know. Well, they go to sleep early, so I used to always we were all roommates um, in the dorms. Well, I guess I dozed off at, at the people's house and I woke up, and I was in a uh, Lexington Crossing. Then I woke oh, up. Oh, jeez, okay. And I, I had just got here a couple weeks ago. I didn't, I didn't know much. And I go outside, and I'm like, bro, where's the car? Like, like where the car was parked. I know I parked the car right there, and the car yeah, was gone. Old fashioned car uh, college tow. No, I, it was gone, bro. It was like, like it was like the fog that morning was just. And the reason I woke up was the pounds. I'm saying, hey. Come bring the car back because we got to go to the stadium. So, bro, I go outside, bro, and there's no car. Imagine what that conversation was like when I called him and said, bro, I don't know where the car is. I think it got towed. Nothing. And I no, got no, car, no car is safe from Gainesville. Road yeah. That was, yeah that all, was all, all I see is two pulling guards running at you. No, that was a, that was a rough one, bro. That was, yeah. that was a rough one. And guess what? I ain't even had the money to get it out. So, you know. So. Somebody, somebody had to spare me. So that, that was a crazy, crazy morning, man. Uh, that's wild. That's wild. But so shout out to Mr. Marquise Pouncey, um, potentially a Hall of Famer, um, but definitely a guy that uh, had a, a very illustrious uh, NFL um, career himself. Uh, in somewhat related football news, Kyle Trask won the Earl Campbell Award, uh, which goes to uh, the top student athlete that is either from uh, the state of Texas or uh, plays for a Texas college. So shout out to uh, to Kyle Trask for winning that. I know a lot of folks thought that he should win uh, a lot of other awards throughout the years. Um, or throughout the year, pardon me, but it's a, it's a, an incredible honor given to the top offensive player in Division One football, who exhibits the enduring characteristics that define Earl Campbell: integrity, performance, teamwork, sportsmanship, drive, community, and tenacity. Shout out to him. I think that's it. Other than the Gators are going to have twelve teams ranked in the top twenty-five uh, by the time that the uh, the next polls drop in, in all the other sports. So shout out to. Uh, to Gator Athletics. Yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. All right, let's get into uh, to Gator news. I know this is a, a segment <laughs> that everybody's excited for uh, just because a lot of exciting things have happened since our last show. And this segment is brought to you by our friends uh, over at Roof Soldier, which is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So if you need to get your roof fixed or get a new roof, at your business, at your home, at your rental home, at your wherever, give them a call. 817-1877, pardon me, Roofs FL, 1877-ROOFSL. Visit them, RoofSoldier.com. Tell them Stadium and Gale sent you, and you will get a hefty, hefty discount for your commercial or residential roof replacement. Again, 1877-ROOFSFL. 
Let's start a bit chronologically with this news. When we were recording the Facts Only show, uh, it was announced that Brian Johnson was going to be moving on from the University of Florida and joining the uh, staff over at uh, the Philadelphia Eagles as their quarterback's coach. Uh, so we certainly will miss Brian Johnson. Um, I think the staff will miss him. The team will miss him. But uh, congratulations to Mr. Johnson. Yeah, man. Shout out to the homie, man. I shot him some DMs. Um, hate to see him go. That's one of yeah. those guys on the staff that I, yeah, I had a, a good relationship with and got some info from. But also just a real cool young brother. We were on the same age. So uh, just congrats, man. Kill that shit. Ain't a whole lot of black faces in, in the NFL coaching quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm happy and excited for him. For sure. Yeah, very excited. Very excited for him. He is the um, – one of the, the nicest people that we met. Uh, he actually responded to my text, still waiting on Urban to respond to mine, but uh, he responded uh, just, I mean, he's just a super gracious guy, very generous guy. I think right. he's going to do well in the NFL. I think that uh, he's going to probably move up the ladder pretty quickly, and I hope to see him as a head coach uh, either at the college ranks or the NFL ranks, which I know is a, a, a good and a goal. Be a head coach in college or a head coach in the NFL in the future, man. Yeah. Bright future which is super exciting. So with that news, Garrick McGee, who was uh, on the uh, Florida Gators staff for the past season as a defensive analyst, uh, this is one of those things where Dan Mullen hires analysts that are on the opposing side of the ball. So a lot of your offensive-minded coaches that are get hired as analysts will likely serve on the defensive side and vice versa. So he served as a defensive analyst last season uh, with the University of Florida previously. Uh, was the wide receivers coach at Missouri, the offensive coordinator at Illinois, uh, the assistant head coach uh, and offensive coordinator at Louisville when Lamar Jackson was there, was a head coach at UAB, uh, was the offensive coordinator at Arkansas, offensive coordinator at Northwestern, and his career spans back uh, a bit longer than that. But he will be joining the staff as a uh, quarterback coach for the University of Florida. So thoughts on that announcement uh, now that we've had some time to, to do some research and talk about it with some folks. Yeah. What do you think about the, uh, the hire? You want to talk about it? I do. I do want to talk about it. <laughs> I, um, I would, I would love to, I, I would love to talk. I would love to talk more. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I am on the fence. Um, he has a great background. Um, mm -hmm. he, has been around a while, um, has certainly coached some, some prolific offenses. Um, that's, that's about what I've got to say. I, I don't want to say the hire seemed lazy or anything else. I think that it was a, uh, a hire that Florida felt comfortable with. They thought that Brian Johnson might've left for a number of opportunities uh, to move up in his career. So with talking, you know, with some sources inside the program, this was always the plan. If Brian Johnson was to leave was to promote uh, Garrick McGee. Um, but I think of all of the, the, the people, uh, in college football, I was I was surprised how quickly this was announced, um, and that this was the the ultimate decision. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Like I'm not I'm not mad at the hire. I kind of I kind of right. get the hire. Like it's hard to just find a quarterback coach right now, anyway. And Dan Mullen's gonna be the guy over your quarterbacks. Uh, uh, he's a guy that uh, obviously have coached and 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 made and moved up the ranks pretty early. Uh, he he's hit some pitfalls, but 
Uh, he he's ha- he has to have a, a good offensive mind. You know, I think Dan Mullen's a good uh, X and O finder as far as offensive coaches. I don't think he'll find guys that can't get his shit – his, his – uh, I mean to say the S word – that can't get his <laughs> offense – off, you know what I'm saying? So I, I get I get the uh the higher continuity is Dan Mullen's number one thing. He likes mm-hmm. to keep uh familiar faces around that gets what he's trying to do. Um this this coach is uh coach dual threat quarterbacks before. I think we're gonna have a run game. Uh we they're gonna be run heavy as far as our offense going into next fall. Uh so I just think it makes a lot of sense on paper. Uh it doesn't make a lot of sense recruiting wise because we're losing Brian Johnson, who is an elite recruiter, one of the best recruiters on the team. So that's one of the things you like, okay, uh, who to replace, who replaces that is the question. Right. Not, because Brian Johnson came in, he, there was nothing really crazy proven about him at quarterback coach either. Um, he got here and kind of uh, fine-tuned some things and upped his resume. But I think that the hire makes sense. I don't think it makes sense recruiting-wise. But on the field, I get it. Right. I, you know, Brian Johnson was definitely, definitely a guy that would fit multiple uh, spots when it came to recruiting. And, you know, he would, he would help out in a lot of different areas. And I think, you know, Garrick McGee, I've never met him. Um, he was supposed to come on the show today. Some scheduling conflicts came up. Um, but when we talk to him, you know, that, that'll be one of the first chances I get to, to learn more about him. Um, right. You know, he's a guy that if Dan Mullen is, um, you know, comfortable with, I mean, he does have a good pedigree. Uh, you know, he went from being a wide receiver coach to an offensive coordinator in four years, uh, you know, went to Arkansas, led some pretty good programs over there at Arkansas, you know, became a head coach, which there's not a lot of opportunities to do that. So to be able to move up, no matter what your record is, obviously speaks highly of, you know, the way that he's presentable and, and the way that people like him. I, I just, he's just not a guy that I knew a lot about. Um, that's again, not saying a ton because there's a lot of position coaches that are very successful that I don't know a lot about. It just, I was surprised that he was the higher at the time, but like you said, with continuity and the idea that they knew that he was going to leave, like it does make sense. Um, but I do think that there's still a big hole from a recruiting perspective. Just recruiting. That's that's the hang up with I think right. with the hire is we don't I don't know what I'm gonna get out of him as far as a recruiter. Uh, but as far as quarterback development, um Dan Mullen has never had quarterback issues. You right. know, he, he's the guy. So I don't know who his quarterback coach was before Brian Johnson. I, I just I don't, I don't know. think it matters. Right. And I don't think it matters either, you know, but we've often talked about the biggest deficiency that we see in the staff is not in coaching. It's in recruiting. It's in recruiting. And, right. you know, I look at the the three hires, you know, Wesley McGriff, um, you know, known as a, as a recruiter in his past, you know, certainly, right. you know, a lot of the, the names that people will name are, are a little bit older. Uh, and then Jules Montaner, who's very much growing up, you know, in his career, still unproven as a recruiter at this level. Uh, and then Wesley McGriff, who again, isn't really known to be a, you know, top flight recruiter, you know, now joins the staff with a couple of other, you know, recruiting deficiencies. So I think that we need to see a, you know, a big ramp up and a big improvement. Um, I in pose recruiting. you this, I pose you this, Daniel. Yes, sir. What if their strategy is, because it looks like this is the strategy, is to recruit the portal? Well, that that's fine, right? Um, you know, the problem is your goods are only as good as what's available in the portal, right? I mean, so, but what's available is uh, – what's available in the portal right now is anybody that's not starting at a major program. 
Right. 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 Sure. Right. But the alternative is to develop people, you know, that fit your team and fit who you, you know, want them to become. Right. I mean, that, the, the idea, the ideal way would be to do that. But I think just watching how this staff moves, man, they they think whatever they miss, they're not panicking on a recruiting trail because they feel like they could poach uh, like the players we're starting to get now. And they're getting big time players in the portal. Like, no, it's absolutely. Not a joke. And I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think my biggest thing is you, you always something. I don't. Say yeah, you're, you're always yeah. you're always just running the risk of of what's available, you know, in the portal and what you're bringing to the table. I mean, I think that we've seen that this staff isn't like a super glitzy and glamorous, you know, staff. They're not probably you know the world. They're not going to turn into recruiters, right? They are who they are. But I think what they are like, especially once you get into your, you know, second, third, fourth year of colleges, now you start to look at who's going to best put me in position to be successful and either make right. the NFL or help me get a, a job out of college. And there's very few schools that can do both of those, both Dan Mullen's staff's ability and propensity in the University of Florida to put people in the NFL or to graduate with a, you know, a top six public, you know, school degree. Um, I think that they get that and I think that their, the results are shown. I just wish that they could recruit better and then fill in those holes as people leave. You gotta be cool to recruit, you know, I don't know if we got a lot of cool ass coaches. Yeah. Be, I don't think gotta, we do. Gotta, gotta, gotta be relatable. You gotta be relatable. You gotta be cool to coach. That's what the greatest thing about Sider when he was here. That's why he killed because he was just cool. T-Rob was cool. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand sometimes, man, when, when these guys go away from home, they just, you know, sometimes it's, it's rough, man, and, and you know they need that coach. They could just call up and you know, you know, you could be able to go over there. Or, with, yeah. Coach, yeah, the coach can just tell them something over the phone. To where but you know, like, but on the other hand, when you are when you're already on campus, you don't have the cool coach. Now you're trying to get you trying to get a degree, and you're trying to get you know what I'm saying paid. You're trying to get to the NFL. Right. The recruiting is just different, and I think they that's why they can hit on that better is because the type of kid they're after. They don't want to kiss kids ass. They don't want to do all this recruiting stuff. Like Dan Money doesn't want to do it. He wants top athletes, but he don't he don't want to do the goofy stuff that you got to do to really recruit. Which like is all unfortunately like part of the game, right? It is. Um and but I, I think, think the rules, the rules of the game are changing with the portal. They, they they are changing, you're right. Um, but again, you're then stuck with those that are then looking for a second home and not those the ones that wanted to choose you as their first home, right? Um, which yeah, is fine. You gotta, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do right now. Right, which is fine. Um, you know, and it's working now, but it's not always gonna work that way, I don't think. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna turning I just think uh, uh the porter's turning everything into free agency and yeah, I think that's that's a new thing that teams could benefit off of. But and I don't think it's just UF. Uh, no, Oklahoma has done it. Um, I mean, the, the, the programs that have used the grad transfers have done it. It's the same type of thing. You just turn it to everybody, and everybody can kind of freelance. If I'm not starting, I can go play somewhere else. I mean, it makes programs like Bama and Clemson, uh, those guys don't just sit second and third on the depth chart. Yeah. No, you're, I mean, you're, you're right. And, and, you know, there's, there's a place and there's an opportunity, you know, for those kids. And I think that Florida can offer that. Um, I don't want it that way. I want mine out of high school. I want to develop. I want to do it the old school way, how you're supposed to do it. But that, this seems to be our staff's approach. Every time we cry about something, the lack of playmakers or only thing they haven't landed on in the port is offensive tackle. Other yeah. than that, they've kind of hit needs. 
Yeah, no, I mean, they, they did, right. We talked about needs, you know, there's probably some need maybe at the linebacker position, but outside of that, you know, they went out and grabbed, you know, Eric Gilbert, who we're going to talk about here in a second, they went and grabbed, you know, two defensive tackles. Um, they, they grabbed themselves a walk on that was on Akron. So, you know, roster, um, not that again, that's a huge gap, but it's, you know, a depth, you know, depth grab anybody, anytime you can get somebody that got a scholarship. Uh, so, you know, there's definitely what they're doing is, a, a good, you know, one B approach, right. You know, but you only, you only have a certain number of spots, right. And so unless they're not going to fill their spots up, you know, with, with top flight recruits, then, you know, you only have, you know, three, four, maybe five, you know, opportunities to go into that portal per year. Uh, you better land on all five of those. If that's going to really be your fall, your fallback plan. And, and so far they have. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, well, let's let's get into. So we had we had to drop a recruit. To, to you want to get into recruiting? Uh, well, let's get into Eric Gilbert first. We'll talk a little bit about recruiting um, here in a second. Uh, you know, Florida was able to grab um, from LSU. Uh, 2020 uh, number one tight end recruit uh, in the country, Eric Gilbert. Uh, last So last season at LSU, he goes for 35 receptions, 368 yards, uh, two touchdowns, originally from Marietta, Georgia, um, announces at the end of the season that he's looking to, to transfer. Uh, the word on the street was that he was looking at going back to Georgia, potentially Alabama, potentially Texas A&M. This podcast said, hey, we feel really confident Despite what people on Gator Country were saying, we still felt confident. Despite what people on Rivals and 247 were saying, we still felt confident. And he announces yesterday on Sunday that he will be transferring to the University of Florida. So your thoughts on Eric Gilbert? I mean, he's the highest rated tight end in 247 in a lot of these recruiting sites history. So you you know the type of athlete he is. Um Guy that had made play already made plays at LSU, so we we've seen what he could do on the collegiate level. Perfect guy to replace Pitts. We was trying to uh, try to make Trotter be that guy to kind of fill that role, and maybe he could do some things that Pitts could do. But we we found the guy. Uh, great pickup, good job by my man Brew, who kept us in the loop with this whole thing the whole time. He shot some tweets throughout this. Uh, I think the pandemic cost us Zach Evans in this way last year. I think we would have got him. Uh, I think Brew would have pulled that in, but I think the pandemic hurt us a little bit, and he ended up staying out there in Texas. But shout out to my man Brew for bringing this one home, man. Some five star action. Yeah, I know. Like him, got has has good size, uh, six foot five, two hundred and forty nine pounds. Runs really well. Uh, has great mobility. Uh, is very much a Kyle Pitts esque. Uh, tight end. I'm not saying that he is going to be Kyle Pitts. Uh, but again, these are the guys that you want to be elite. You know, he was a top 25 pick or a top 25 uh, rated player last season. Like, like Silk said, one of the highest ranked tight ends, if not the highest ranked tight end uh, in two, four, seven history. Those are the guys that you want uh, has the ability to stretch the field, has the ability to have the size to block uh, and be able to help this team. So, you know, he joins what I think is a, is a pretty good room now uh, with Keon Zipper and Kamori Gamble um, you know, add in uh, a couple of the other youngsters and folks that are coming onto campus. You have a, a deep room there that, you know, is going to be able to contribute and, and carry that, in that room. It's a lot of people in that room. Somebody has to go. Yeah. I don't think that there's enough chairs in there. Yeah. Um, packed, packed house. That's a packed room in there. They, I think that, I think that will be six scholarship tight ends, right? You have Kamori Gamble, Keon Zipper, Eric Gilbert, Odom, 
and then the two freshmen. Mm-hmm. So that's a packed room, Ahmad. Packed room. We're gonna do, we're gonna do a lot of three tight end sets out there. Yeah, you put some of them at safety or something. Yeah, try some weird. Tackle. Yeah, maybe offensive weird. tackle. Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, we're good because that. Nah, we pretty much got a tight end there now with Gene Delance. Literally. Literally. What we got? What was next? What's yeah, next? Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Let's uh, give a shout out to our friend Lee Friedland. Uh, the law firm of Friedland Associates truly cares about the people. He's going to help you handle auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, Lee Friedland from the law firm of Friedland and Associates, 1-800-95-INJURED. Yourfighthourbattle.com. So with that, we did mention that uh, Adrian Strickland, who was a member of this uh, year's recruiting class as an offensive lineman, uh, decommitted, if you will, from the University of Florida on Sunday um, and will not be a part of this class. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, people crying about it. I think the kid complained about being dropped. I don't know what the story is from the staff, but I don't think – my impression, anybody that didn't sign early signing day was on the chopping block. I think that's kind of the general expectation of how this thing go. Um, I didn't know if it was grade-wise. I didn't know if it was performance-wise. But my impression, any kid that didn't sign early signing day was on the block on the chopping block for some sort of reason. So I'd be surprised if this is the first time he heard of being – maybe drop from this class. Whether I agree on that whole philosophy of dropping kids and all that, that's a whole nother story, but right. I don't know like when he found out and how he found out. And nonetheless, I get why. Yep. I know a lot of FSU fans were um, being very critical of the university of Florida's coaching staff for dropping him. Uh, they're more than welcome. Some about uh, being like terrible, terrible at winning games. Like, Makes your morale come up a little higher. <laughs> you guys are more than welcome to offer him a scholarship to play for your program where he can compete against the University of Florida for the rest of his uh, college career. Um, other news, Terry and Arnold, National Signing Day is on Wednesday. You'd be surprised because nobody's talking about it. Um, I don't think that Florida grabs Terry and Arnold. Um, I think that uh, he's likely Alabama-bound. Uh, if you listen to our Facts Only show with Connor, uh, last Wednesday, uh, he kind of alluded to the same. Um, so again, I don't imagine anybody uh, not signing on National Signing Day that is uh, scheduled to sign or uh, committing or decommitting from the University of Florida. So, have you heard anything else? No, I haven't heard anything. Uh, it should be fairly quiet unless we hit. I know there's some things in the transfer portal we're looking at, but I don't expect anything signing day wise. Yeah, I don't think so. So you mentioned um, Savion Collins. Do you want to talk about him at all? Uh, just some smoke about him maybe joining, maybe a gray shirt, preferred walk-on type role, us not giving up a number for him to come in the fold. Uh, he's been on some interviews and, and have said uh, several times about him uh, wanting to come back to be a, a Florida recruit. I think we're we're full. So if him if, if him uh, coming to here to play, if that's one thing he want to do, I think they're going to offer him in a preferred walk-on manner. We'll, we'll see if that plays out that way. So Savian Collins, for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, is a six foot four, 290 pound, uh, four star on the composite number three fifty six overall, uh, is not committed to any school right now. It seems like they've kind of cooled, uh, his recruitment has cooled across the board in terms of, um, scholarship offers. 
um, considered to be a, a solid player. Um, I know that there's there's some concerns about him, but if Florida's uh, able to bring a guy like him on as a preferred walk-on, I don't imagine uh, he would be uh, getting a scholarship. But if there's an opportunity to earn one in the future, he would certainly be able to do that. But anytime you can get a four-star uh, on campus, especially from a school like Palmetto, joining the other guys from Palmetto on this team, uh, might be a good uh, add. And, and who knows where he might be able to go uh, in his career. This might be the, the kick in the pants he was looking for. Yeah, man, you got to save them spots. He kind of played himself out of a spot there, man. We'll see how it all plays out. I wouldn't mind having him on campus for sure, especially in that way. Perfect, perfect. Uh, Let's talk about a few other things. Uh, The Senior Bowl was this past week. Did you guys get the chance to watch uh, any of that or or follow any of that? I saw the practice clips. I didn't watch that. Yeah, I I was catching clips. Okay. I I hate that they put it on NFL Network, though. That's so – whatever. But (laughs) – I was watching some of the clips and whatnot, and saw some good some good plays from from some of our guys that were out there, and uh, um, saw all some those guys look good, man. All yeah. of, in the practice clips, uh, Grimes was getting busy. Kadarius Tony was putting on the show. Sean Davis was making interceptions and plays. I thought all those guys look good, man. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely that's, that's definitely a boy. place where yeah, it's definitely a place where they can up their draft stock and um, get in there and play and, and compete against some of the best of the best. So um, I'm glad it was those, those guys win and they uh, put on the show. Amai, what do you think uh Son Davis draft stock is? Um, I mean, I think it all depends on how he tests. Right. I mean, because his, his his game is so up and down. Um, they're gonna want to question why he wasn't playing those last few games. They're gonna want to question why he wasn't consistent. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like if he go there and, and, and test pretty good, he can he can catch the fifth or sixth round. What do you think he could run? Hmm. To me, maybe, maybe, maybe a, he looked like about a, about a, on that laser, probably a low four, four, five. Yeah, four, yeah. Four. That's what I got, man. I got a man yeah, like he, a low he four, five. Blaze, but, but he going to get. He, yeah, that's good. He get, yeah, he can get the job done. Yeah, I think, I think a, a low four, five, high four, four would be a real good time for Sean Davis. And that's going to put him in the fifth, sixth round for sure. Yeah, he ended up uh, with an interception in the game. Uh, it's kind of an arm punt interception, but still an interception nonetheless. Uh, Trayvon Grimes scores a touchdown, and then Kadarius Tony does not uh, play in the actual game, uh, but during practice and everything else, his team awarded him as a, a team voted award as the wide receiver of the uh, of the week for his team. So, congratulations to Kadarius Tony. I don't think that there's a more improved. Um, probably positional player in college football uh, from what Kadarius Tony did uh, last season um, and the seasons before to, to ultimately where he's put himself in his stock as a, as a true wide receiver and the ability to make an impact at the, uh, the next level. Yeah. It's just, it's just dope to, to watch, man. You know, I, bro, because he almost made a terrible decision last year with going pro and just to see him come back, make the business mm-hmm. decision, the right thing and finish this thing. Right. It's just dope, man. Yeah. I remember this, I remember this guy first stepped on campus and played that first spring game. Remember that? Right. I, I think he had like a long run and whatnot. I, I was like, man, I'm excited to see this kid. And to see how from, from that spring game, I think he was playing quarterback then to 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 leaving and the way he did, man, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Dope stuff. And check out the Joker music. If y'all ever check out the Joker music, it's, you know, it slides a little bit, Dan. Does it? Yeah, it slaps a little bit. You gotta right. be your taste. You gotta be ready to turn up a little bit. Who would you compare him most to that I would be familiar with? Uh, Kit Cuddy. 
around that. Oh, okay, yeah, so straight out of bit. Cleveland, Ohio. No, I just think his music a little uh, different. Odd. Um, he's in his own lane. Hey, I'll take it. Say. Hey, be who be who you are. Right? There's only one you. So yeah, he, yeah he's being who he's who he is. So. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I don't know if there's a ton of other uh, news out there. Uh, we've got a big interview. Oh, here's a here's some news. Uh, the odds are starting to come out for next season. Mm-hmm. Florida right now is 60 to 1 odds to win the national championship. Do you like those odds? Do you think that that sounds about right? I really up the bets. I'll be honest okay. with you. Man. I really lie. We got, we, got, we got Gilbert. We got Bowman. Um, Naquan still back there. Hendo ready to do what he got to do. Jacob Copeland ready to set the roll on fire. I got some weapons, then. The caravan is full of weapons. Yeah, there is. I, need, a- I just need Todd Grantham to bring, you know, like his anything, a pulse. A pulse. That's all I need. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm excited about what the weapons look like on offense next season. Um, like you said, you look at, you know, Emory Jones, um, Anthony Richardson, uh, like both of those guys, uh, Demarcus Bowman, Naquan Wright, Damian. I got to say Whitmore. If I don't say Whitmore. That's a Whitmore uh, hive that's going to be on my ass. On the we time. have not got even gotten there yet. If you he's think like, that I'm going to forget him. I'm and I've got to shout out Rick Wells, too, because it was Vari's birthday the other day. No, no, let's not get ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Eric Gilbert, uh, Keon Zipper, Kamori Gamble, Jacob Copeland, Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson, uh, Trent Woodmore. Uh, there, there, there's just a lot. Those are a lot of names. Rick Wells is in there. Uh, Jaquavian Frazier's. Uh, some of the other young guys are, are in there as well. You got a lot of speed. You got a lot of talent. You have a lot of size. Uh, in that locker room. Yeah, so, yeah I'm excited, man. And, and excited. it's a diversity of weapons, too, right? See, this is the thing. Like, everybody's been crying about all the, the coaching moves and all the off-season stuff, contracts, uh, recruiting. This whole time, I've just been thinking, like, I'm ready to see <laughs> A.R. Emery run this thing with Bowman in the backfield, Linger, uh, Naquan, them receivers, these all these big bodies you're talking about, the the, the giver. I'm, that's what I'm excited about. I'm not gonna get into the politics of what's going on, maybe with salaries and extensions and all that, bro. That's, that's business. not even our money, yeah. Yeah, like that ain't, that ain't none of my like. That's gonna be sassy business until they figure all that out. I'm ready <laughs> to see my boys line up spring and jockey for positions of who's gonna be top dog. What what position battle are you most excited to uh, to see play out? On offense. Hmm, running back. My backfield. Running yep. back, man. On, on, on backfield, man. You know, on backfield. Oh, man. It's about to be a bloody fight in that backfield. So, Daniel. Right. So we, we've got some exciting. Speaking of politics, we've got some exciting like things going on there, right? Like you've got DeMarcus Bowman, who was mm. one of the highest ranked running back recruits of all of all time, especially in the state of Florida. Uh, then you have Damian Pierce, who's been here for a long time. You have Malik Davis, who's been here for a long time. And then Naquan Wright, who's been here for, you know, him going into his third year. We've talked a lot about Florida uh, playing a lot of your vets and everybody else. How do you see that room shaking out? I think, man, with dogs in the room, like Bowman, I think it's just certain things. Like Lingard, I, they start hitting home run stuff in spring ball. I think that slow linger down. So that slowed a lot of our young boys down of getting right. some playing time. It was no spring last year. Right. I didn't I even mention spring. Lorenzo Lingard in that room. Right. 
I think if them boys start hitting some home mm-hmm. run stuff, it's going to be hard to deny and, and keep them off the field, man. I just need my offensive line to come with smoke and let my boys break some big runs off. But the big run possibilities are the guys, the, the Lingards, the Bowmans, the Naquan. Those are the home run hitters. I like the vets. You know what I'm saying? They bring right. stability. They're going to block good. They're going to catch the ball out of the backfield. But I need to get us to that next level. I need to break some 60, 70-yard runs, change some games. I'm yeah. to tell you. That's a full room as well, right? We talk about the tight end room being full. You know, you have yeah. Malik Davis, Damian Pierce, and Aquan Ryder have all been here for a long time, have all played, you know, a lot of snaps. Right. You bring in a guy like Lingard, who's, you know, in his second season now with Florida. Uh, then you bring a guy in like Bowman, who definitely expects and wants to play. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's a crowded room right there, boys. Yeah. Wide receiver rooms, that's a crowded where you lay it all out. It's some offensive talent. The yeah. talent on offense is nuts. Like yeah. that's why I'm excited. I mean, offensive line talent isn't where the skill positions are at, and that's our, that's my frustration with like Hevesy. Right. But like the talent skill position wise is crazy. Now I'm ready to see what this new offense is gonna look like because it's not gonna look the same. So on paper, this has got to be probably amongst the most combined offensive stars, right? If you look at two four seven mm-hmm. and all that in a very long time, right? Probably since Urban uh, and those teams that were winning. But when it comes to overall offensive, what you expect out of them and guys that were highly recruited by every team in the country, except on the offensive line, this is what we want and should expect out of Florida on the offensive side of the ball, right? I'm looking forward to having these debates for the next decade. Yeah, it's a lot of talent out there, man. Like, I like Emory's blessed. Right. For sure. And Anthony Richardson's blessed. There's a lot of people coming up after. Uh, there's there's going to be some exciting playmakers, uh, you know, this season. And, and we didn't even really mention any of the other new guys that are, uh, you know, coming onto campus uh, and how they might be able to to fit into, you know, who who's going to play, who's not going to play on the offensive side of the ball. I just don't see none of them young offensive boys because we just got too much talent for them to swim through. Yeah, I mean, like Dejon Reynolds, you know, highly ranked guy yeah, uh, yeah. as a wide nice. receiver. Is he gonna? Is he gonna come in? Do you see, you know, a guy like nope. Nick Alfness or um, <laughs> boy, by the weight or Gage Wilcox at tight end play at all? Nope. Boy's got to wait, man. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all in all, like I guess Florida didn't have a, a ton of, you know, Marcus Burke as a you know highly recruited guy, but you, you know, you, you start to think about it, and there's, I don't think. I don't think there's one player on the offensive side of the ball that I would expect is going to play next year. No, right? not as a freshman coming in. No, them boys is, is vibing. I mean, look, Dejon Reynolds. Room. Yeah. Nick Elksness, Carlos Del Rio, Jalen Kitna, Marcus Develop Burke, Develop Yo- Luger Bill, yeah. Gage Wilcox, Jake Slaughter, Austin Barber, and Rocco Underwood. He'll play get some playing time at long snapper. Uh, and then Devaya Hammond, who I, I don't think is going to end up on campus. I don't think one offensive player – I don't think that entire offensive group takes more than 10 combined snaps next year um, on offense. I, I, I'd side with you on that bet. Hmm. Defense, we're going to see some of them boys play for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into defense a little bit more next week. Speaking of defense, why don't we get into our uh, our interview 
for today. We were supposed to have a, a coach on. Unfortunately, some scheduling conflict came up, and we will look forward to rescheduling that. Uh, but we were able to get a great guest in Brad Culpepper who will be joining us. So if you are looking for a new mortgage, look no further than our friend Carlton Black with Envoy Mortgage, who's licensed in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. He's going to help offer you all sorts of home loans, conventional loans, FHA loans, VA loans, fixed rate loans, adjustable rate mortgages, jumbo loans, and more. Um, he'll help you refinance at historically low rates and or help you secure the best rates the markets are offering. Also, if you're a real estate agent, look to partner with Carlton as well. 404-769-5501. See Black at EnvoyMortgage.com. Again, that's Carlton Black, 404-769-5501. Let's get Brad Culpepper on the show. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is former consensus All-American, former SEC champion, first team All-SEC, member of the University of Florida Athletic Hall of Fame, all-around uh, renaissance man, survivor runner-up, big-time uh, big uh, big attorney here in the Tampa area, uh, former NFL legend, Brad Culpepper. Brad, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Great to be with you. Absolutely, man. Well, what's a uh, it is an absolute pleasure to uh, to have you on. Um, I hear your your voice almost every day on the radio, so it's good to uh, it's good to have you on the on this radio. Uh, Brad, you grew up in uh, in Tallahassee. Uh, ended up uh, coming over to the University of Florida. Talk to us a little bit about growing up and playing football. Ultimately, how'd you end up at the University of Florida? Well, I, obviously, you can't choose where you grow up. You can only choose where you go to school. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, but but my actually my father played at University of Florida. He was captain of the team back in '62, maybe. And um, so I and I always liked the Gators growing up. But I, you know I was a big Seminole fan. They were actually Bobby Bowden had gotten there, and old Jimmy Jordan, Wally Woodham. They they ended up winning some ball games in the late '70s, early '80s. And Ron Simmons. I think, matter of fact, I think I was number fifty at Florida because of Ron Simmons at Florida State. But. Um, but no, when I got to be a senior, I was like, ah, I need to go down in Gainesville. Actually, it came down to uh, Notre Dame and Florida as my final two. And I went to a visit up to Notre Dame, and it was uh, January or early February. And back back then, you never com- you didn't commit. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Kids commit when they're sophomores now. But back then, you didn't commit until, like, signing day. But uh, so I went to Notre Dame, and, I, and then I went to Florida the next week. And I swear the only reason I – because – Lou Holtz was there and he, this was 1987. And he said, I swear we're going to win a national championship. And they, they did the next year, but um, I came down because the girls at Florida were way prettier than the girls at Notre Dame. That's for damn sure. <laughs> no, but that's, that's crazy. I mean, an 18 year old. I mean, that's why you're making a decision. Now I married the homecoming queen. So that all worked out. There you fine. Go. But uh, I swear I went to Florida over Notre Dame because the girls. So it worked out all right. I love it, man. So, so Brad, talk to us a little bit about, obviously you grew up, uh, you know, kind of around the Gators program, at least a little bit uh, with you, with your dad and uh, talk to us a little bit about what it was like to, to transition onto campus uh, and what maybe what the, the toughest thing to adjust was from, from high school to college. Well, things were, we're talking about the stone ages. We all lived in Yon Hall. Okay. Um, no, and, and, no. And it's like my, my kids and like, nobody really realizes. I mean, it was like a, a prison cell kind of in there he lived in just concrete rooms but we didn't know any better and we were happy um but I, you know i think the biggest thing i got there and and 
just my roommate, I got put with somebody who didn't live there. So I was kind of by myself. And the funniest thing, so we had mattresses that had plastic on it. And so my roommate uh, didn't stay there. He was an older, older kid. I actually had a, a spine infection and I came to Florida late, like two months late that all the rest of freshmen came there and I ended up getting sick. And that's a whole nother story. But anyway, it's funny. So I got there as a freshman and I go in my room and I see that there's plastic on his bed and I see there's plastic on my bed and <laughs> he, he's not there. And so I'm, I've got no one to really ask cause I'm late. I'm, I'm, I get there like September 1st and everybody's been practicing for a month. And, and so Basically, I just put my sheets on top of the plastic and I slept on this hard, terrible plastic on my bed for about two months until I got a friend or two who came in my room and said, dude, why do you have plastic still on your bed? I'm like, we're not supposed to keep it like that? <laughs> I don't think I've ever told anybody that. It's kind of funny. Uh, but, but I think that was my biggest adjustment, getting into Yon Hall and trying to figure out the ins and outs. Dude, I yeah, love I, it. I heard a few Yon Hall stories. Oh my God! You know they they would they would they would always try to put cameras up in the corner. Yeah, let's share keep, some stories yeah. to keep girls girls up. And basically, got some good stories. You got to get basically on here to get some young hot yeah. stories. It's no, not like Brad got, got one. We got Brad. <laughs> yeah, Brad, you might you might have to give us some young hot stories. Your your best young hot story. No, but every every weekend, well, uh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I had a waterbed one time and went out late one night and the next morning, early in the morning, people were in line waiting for to get tickets for things that went on sale. But I had imbibed in too much drink that night and I got on my waterbed and I think I woke up and leaned my head out the window and uh, ended up throwing up on all kinds of fans who were waiting in line to try to get tickets to the, to the next coming game. I mean, it was, Looked out below. I mean, there it was. It was. It was a mess. I mean, they would put cameras up in the corners to keep people out. And I'm telling you, at least ten thousand dollar cameras would go up, and they'd get beaten down with baseball bats within 24 hours. Oh, jeez. Uh, it was a mess. Jeez. <laughs> All right, so Brad, you uh, you make it on the campus. Uh, you survive uh, the mattresses at Yon Hall. What were your first couple of years like? When did it all start to click for you? I mean, you, you had a pretty illustrious career there at UF. So uh, when did it start to click for you? Uh, and what was it like playing under Spurrier? So Galen Hall recruited me. Right. And, uh, then then in 89, he got fired halfway through, and, and then we had an interim coach. And, and uh, so Spurrier got hired. Um it, it it clicked. Rex Norris came as a coach with Galen Hall, and it kind of clicked for me as a redshirt freshman. I ended up starting the bowl game that year, and uh, he kind of taught me how to be a, a good defensive lineman. Trace Armstrong was there, and mm-hmm. he was he had transferred in as a senior, and he kind of you know took me under his wing, and and uh, you know I, I went to Leon High School. We grinded at Leon. I, it, quite frankly, I couldn't believe they gave us water at Florida. I'd never had practices with water. Yeah. It was it was a luxury. <laughs> Thinking, mean, you mean I can drink water anytime I want? We don't have just one water break. So <laughs> when I got to Florida, I was like, man, this, these practices are easy. You know, we we only do bull in the ring. You know, we don't do bull in the ring, and we we do hamburger drills only once a day. You know, we used to do hamburger drills on Thursday before a full Friday game. So, but anyway, my redshirt sophomore year, I ended up getting to start. But then, so our defense was always really good, and we'd never won an SEC championship or not because the offense had really just struggled. I think. You know, Wayne Peace did pretty well, but besides the 83, 84 guys, it just seems like 
you got to go back to like 1969, you know, and, and John Reeves before you can find a good mm-hmm. offensive team in Florida. So Steve came down and did a great job of not really messing with the defense and just, I mean, he changed college football. But before he got to, to Florida, the SEC, and, and it was Pat Dye and, and Dooley, and, and it was, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. It was, it was Herschel Walker. It was uh, Bo Jackson. I mean, th- these were the type of guys that, that the SEC was built around. And Steve Spurrier came in, and it was the fun and gun. And he's like, look, we're going to throw it you know, three out of four times and make, you know, make hay. And he took a fifth round, I mean, a fifth string quarterback, a skinny Shane Matthews. And, and uh, we couldn't believe, you know, I think we played Oklahoma state or somebody. My, it was my junior year. And we ended up starting this red shirt, sophomore, skinny kid with a bad twang from Pascagoula. Mississippi. <laughs> and we're like, are you kidding me? And Shane goes out and throws for about five touchdowns and, 300 or 400 yards and it just started with a bang and it never ended um so i mean and, and then i think all the other coaches started copying what steve did and by the end of the 90s you know everybody was throwing it and of course that morphed into you know what urban meyer ended up running the spread offense and everything else but it all started with steve brad before i mean i know these guys have a lot of questions i, I want to ask you a little bit more and i know we're going to transition to, to life you know from uf into the nfl into law school and everything else but how did you 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 won the what is it, the dratty trophy for the, the nation's overall top student athlete you were student body vice president you were a number of things on campus how were you able to balance both school kind of the rigors of campus involvement and then obviously being such a high level uh, athlete yeah, I, I don't know. I Good parenting, I reckon. I mean, yeah. you know, like I like to occupy my time. My brother was in a fraternity, so I joined a fraternity when I was redshirted as a freshman. And then I kind of got in a student. I think I was a student senator while I was redshirted that year. And mm-hmm. so I had my kind of finger in politics and, and as far as like sandbox politics with the University of Florida. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my father was in Blue Key and he actually mm-hmm. was student body president when he was at University of Florida Law School. So you know, I was kind of following in his footsteps and, and I, I don't know, it just, I, I wasn't happy unless I was pretty busy. Uh, yeah. And so I kept fairly busy and was able to maintain decent grades and, you know, kind of did the same thing when I got to the pros. I mean, most guys ended up playing nine years, but about two years into it, I was like, golly, I need to finish my master's and go ahead and get a law degree. So that when I retired in 2001, I went ahead and graduated and took the bar the next year. So I don't know. It, it's almost like I have to earn my breaks, uh, you know, and I'm still kind of that way. It's hard for me to slow down. Although my body wants me to, it's almost like I can't really sit, sit down and read a book unless I've walked a good distance or ridden my bike for 10 miles or something else. You know, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm fidgety like that. So I think it probably all started at Florida that, you know, downtime, I'm like, God, I'm wasting time if I'm not doing something. So I ended up getting into the student government and all the other things. I got you. So we'll talk about a little bit uh, of football here. Um, I know you, you grew up uh, love, like in Florida and whatnot, and with your uh, family history at the University of Florida. Talk about your first time uh, running out on the swamp. How was that? Oh well, I, you know I didn't do it as a as a red shirt. Uh, a lot of guys had the opportunity to go out and just stand on the sidelines, but I had no interest in and in running out of the tunnel unless I was going to play. So I remember, you know, you would you would get like scout team player of the week, and you you could go like you know yeah. the reward was to go out and sit on the sidelines and put your jersey on. But I never did that. Um, 
because I was like, there's no way I'm going to stand out there and not play. So, no, it was my retro freshman year running out. It was unbelievable. And I, I, I we played like uh, Montana State or somebody. I mean, it was a, a tiny team. Yeah. And, uh, and, but it was still packed. And, and back then, they didn't have the, the north end zone, but there still seemed like there were like 75,000 people there. And it was crazy. And, you know, I, I remember I, I think I had my first sack against them as well. And, you know, I think it was probably the fourth quarter, but still everyone went crazy. And you can't replicate that feeling. I, I, even in the pros, I, I don't think there's ever the atmosphere. And I've never played in a Super Bowl, but uh, and, and quite frankly, the Super Bowl is not that way either because they're not. There's not a home fans maybe this year, but but uh, I don't think you ever replicate in the pros really the kind of fervor that you get at, at college, at least in the swamp. Correct, correct. Yeah, definitely playing in the swamp was, was totally different than. And then playing in Tampa, you go from freaking, you know, 90,000 fans. So when I was playing in Tampa, it was kind of blackout still. So it was probably maybe 60,000, you know, 50,000. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's definitely a difference. So, you know, coming to University of Florida, running out of the tunnel and, and having a, a great career. Um, talk about some of your favorite memories uh, of playing in Orange and Blue, some of your favorite games. Um. So my junior year, we the biggest I think that the turnaround game or the big game for Steve Spurrier and we really thought we were good. I think we started out pretty hot. Our, my junior year, this is 1990, and Steve's first year, and we had our first big challenge of going to Tuscaloosa and playing Alabama at their place, and uh, we ended up kicking their ass pretty good at their place and and played a good defensive okay. game. Shane Shane really played well. Out, uh, you know, I, I remember. Uh, I just remember one play where uh, I think Hollingsworth was the name of the quarterback. And, and uh, I was right near him and I couldn't quite reach him. I remember I kicked the ball out of his hands and, and caused a fumble. Uh, I, I, you know, back then there was no replay, so they couldn't say it was kicking. But <laughs> I remember I got a sack <laughs> kicking the ball out of his hand. But then I remember the next year, my senior year, we played Alabama again. And Alabama was – that was actually the last – we ended up beating them 35-3 to at home. And uh, – there was a, a, a little uh, backup wide receiver on the team named Dabo Sweeney. And I didn't know he was on the team, okay. but, but we, we had a, a oh, I think there was a guy named, I, I'm telling you names, but it don't matter. There was a kid named Barger and he played guard and I was killing him all game. There was a fourth down and I jumped on over him and made a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. It was on a fourth down play and it was actually zero to zero at that time. And so we got the ball back and we ended up scoring and that led to the 35, nothing shellacking fast forward you know 25 years later i had no idea davos davos when he was on that team and my kids getting recruited by clemson and he goes i go hey nice to meet you he goes i know you brad culpepper he goes you're the reason we won the national championship the next year in 1992 he goes because our team got so screamed at and and our coaches were so belligerent about Barger and how crappy he played against you. We never lost another game. And it's true. Alabama didn't lose another game that rest of that year and then went undefeated the next year. Um, so that, anyway, that was a big game in 1991. And then the, the biggest game we had probably was against FSU uh, in 91 because we had lost to this. Of course, it was my hometown team, and we had lost to them four straight years, which had never really happened. And uh, they came down to the swamp and we ended up beating Casey Weldon, who he was running up for the Heisman, a great player. And, and, uh, Oh, number 10 was on the sidelines. Derek Brooks, I always tease him. I see a picture of him and Brad Johnson during that game, uh, screening their neck around to try to see what's happening on the field while we're sacking all their quarterbacks. <laughs> um, but anyway, we, we ended up beating the Seminoles 40, uh, 14 to 14 to nine. And, uh, that that's, 
definitely the highlight of, of my senior year, last game of the year. Nice. I think defensive tackles are wrapped a little different, Brad. Um, <laughs> I, I want to ask you, you got, you say you, you play uh, your second year on campus. Um, it's, it's hard to start early. Or the, the closer you are to the ball, the harder it is to get on the field. I think um, heading to college or pro, what what was it like? Like, do you think you guys got to be wrapped a little different? Um, no, it's um, you know I have I have one son who is a quarterback, and I have another son who's a defensive tackle, and I would explain it like if there's a brick wall right there, my my quarterback son would say, "Well, why would I want to run full speed into into that brick wall?" And my right. defensive tackle son would say, "You got it." and run straight into the brick wall and hit it as hard as he can and knock himself out. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a different mentality. You can't play scared. You got to play with confidence. And, and I mean, you got to be quick and smart and tough and everything else. But, you know, as you well know, Ahmad, you know, in the pros, it's not about playing everybody. Anybody can play when you're feeling good. It's about how you play when you feel bad. Right. And, you know, the toughest guys are able to, you know, play through, you know, jam thumbs and jam toes and, and, you know, pulled things and that, you know, I mean, because listen, 16, 16 games in the NFL is, is a lifetime. And by the time you get to week 17, you know, and then you get the playoffs, I mean, you are beat to hell and, and it's how you can perform like that. But that's kind of a defensive tackle mentality. And I think those that can be tougher than the rest are able to outlast the others. Now you were, uh, you had an all American career at university of Florida, um, was solid. And uh, in, in every aspect, as far as playing, the film was there. Uh, what do you think the reason was you slipped in the draft? Because I was tiny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was six one. I mean, in college, I was probably six one two forty five two fifty. You know, soaking wet, and you know, I was six. I was real striking bench five hundred pounds, and and I could squat hmm. a lot, and so I, I was quick. But but that just doesn't translate. You know, for drafting, um, I'd had a. a Actually, the reason why Minnesota even drafted me in the 10th round was because I had been in a boating accident where I had to survive out, about, out in the Gulf of Mexico for about 10 hours. That's a whole other story and take you a whole podcast to get through that. <laughs> I, got, I got rescued in the middle of the night with my dad out scuba diving in the boat. Yeah, we got a little time. Tell yeah, we got some time. We don't have the radio breaks. But yeah. we, were, we were scuba diving and the boat sank about 20 miles out and we ended up getting rescued. But the point was that <laughs> – um, they said, listen, if you can, they'd read the story and they said, like, this guy can survive out in the ocean. At least he can give us some camp fodder and give us some good looks at camp. And then we'll cut him after that. So, um, they ended up drafting me. And then, so going into the first preseason game, I was like fifth on the depth chart or whatever else. Then going into the first three, Johnny Randall, who was in front of me, got hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then they took a defensive end and put him in front of me and he got hurt. And then I think they put an offensive lineman in front of me and he got hurt. So they actually went into the, the, the we, we had opening uh, preseason game against Kansas city and they kind of put their hands over their eyes and said, all right, we'll put, we'll start Culpepper and see what happens. So I ended up, <laughs> I had two sacks and I actually led the preseason with five sacks that year and, and started opening day uh, against green Bay on Lambeau field. So that was, we ended up winning and then Johnny got back and, you probably heard of Johnny Randall, so he he did pretty well. So I, I yeah, yeah, he did all right. He did all right. Yeah, <laughs> he played a couple of games, right? Um, what, what was what was the difference? Uh, I guess it's kind of a weird question. I ask a lot of people that that played in the NFL. What was the biggest difference between you know college and the NFL uh, for you? God, it's you have to bring. I mean, you have to be 
your best player every single game. Yeah. Every game. And, and, you know, you know, when you play in college, you, you want to be your best player every game, but there's sometimes just natural letdown, you know, you're playing, you know, the smaller teams division two or something, you know, you don't have that mojo going, but, but you do that in the NFL one snap and you can be embarrassed and put on your back and all you have is your film. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it all matters. And, you know, there's there's a lot of insecurity in the NFL as far as like just worry, you know, not only every game, but every practice. And they're always trying to replace you. So the intensity is unbelievable. And and to harken back to when I was talking about the preseason, mm-hmm. the I, I couldn't believe the difference my rookie year. Um, now, eventually, as I became a starter and started over 80 games or 80, 80 90 games and, you know, played in 135 games, um, I really got into a rhythm of being a starter in the NFL, but early on in my career, it was a big adjustment for me. The speed of the game was, I mean, I played five, four preseason games my rookie year. And then I'll never forget the feeling I had in like the second drive of green Bay. And they had, it was actually Dan Majowski's last game before Brett Favre took over. I think we beat him and they put, started put Brett Favre the next week. But anyway, I'll never forget how fast I couldn't even catch my breath. I mean, they were just, you know, they started the 20 yard line and maybe it was three downs. They got a first down three downs. They got a first down. And next thing you know, I'm like on my eighth or ninth play in the first drive. And I really, it's going so fast. And these guys are so big and they're so, I mean, it's just, it's a, my memory is just colors just going all around me. And I don't even really know what's happening. Then of course they kick a field goal or something. Then I come back out in second series and the same kind of things happening. It's like, you can't even catch your breath until you can catch your breath. And, and right. so it's not, these are thoughts that I really haven't had and since, since I was doing them, but, but if I really welcome to tell the difference, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the speed and intensity is just paramount. It's just like high peewee to high school or high school to college. I mean, it's, it's a big step, but in the pros you have in the, in, in high school and college, there's time for you to adapt and kind of get used to it through practice and through getting yeah, in the game here and a game there. Be there. In the pros, it's you're thrown in the deep end, and if most sink, most can't swim. But if you can swim, you can do it. But it's that's a, a, you know a, a tall order. Hey Brad, I can't swim, so all right, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> in, in real life in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was I, I couldn't swim, so. No, I, most can't. Listen, I, I, and there's a lot of great players that can't swim. I'm telling you something, it, it, you know, and and in certain situations too. Look, I was fortunate to get in defenses that I could play and, and be successful because there were some. If I played in a three-four defense or had the two gap, I'd have never played one snap in the NFL. Right, right. You know, so I, I got in a one gap penetrating style defense. I had Tony Dungy, uh, you know, as my defensive coordinator in Minnesota, and then you know ended up with Rod Marinelli as a defensive line coach in Tampa. And these were, I mean, and then got, you know, Dungy as my head coach. So, so I was really fortunate. I think there's some situations where great players get in bad situations and, you know, sometimes they're off the field situations that, that keep them out or they're, they're just playing in a system that doesn't accentuate what they can do. And, and it's just bad luck. And so I, I was very fortunate to get, listen, if Johnny Randall doesn't get hurt, doesn't pull a peck. I may never have played one year. So, you know, it's, it's, I was fortunate. And that's the other thing is you really have to take advantage of any opportunity you get yeah, in the NFL. I mean, right. if you get a crack, you got to stick your toe in there and you got to keep your hands in there and, and keep yourself there. And, 
you know, make yourself needed. I mean, if you get, you get, I was on punt team, I was on kickoff return, I was on kickoff right, team. Right. I mean, it's, every single thing, you know, I deep snapped, you know, in emergency if they needed. I was like, well, guys, look, I, I'll sweep the, the, the broom closet if you need me to. Uh, you know, the more you can do, the harder it is for him to get rid of you. Yeah, you got to execute, man. Got to make preparation meets opportunity. You got to close out a little bit. Uh, who's the biggest dog in your locker room? Who's who had the best knuckles? <laughs> mm, well, God, we had, there's there. I tell you, who, this guy named Lonnie March who used to play. He played with the the uh, Chiefs, and he came down as a free agent. He our linebackers were pretty bad. Hardy Nickerson, nah, Ooh, he was he was a 56. bad dude. Uh, Fifty six. Um, Warren Sapp had the biggest mouth. Uh, but we could all we could all put Warren in his place. Oh, okay, <laughs> very good. Okay. Very good. That's, what, that's what we want to hear. That yeah, oh, sure. that talk. No, he. I love Warren. He's my he's my guy. You know, he he he'd argue against that. Uh, <laughs> of course. Now, now we, now we listen. We had great players. I mean, we had John Lynch. You know, he could thump it on the football field with his heart. Problem with John is he probably couldn't play now because he'd get fined every single game for every single leg. Uh, he, he, he for gave. sure, maybe. Um, you know, you had Brooksy. You know, could run all over the field. You know, I was. I, listen, I was very fortunate. I played with so I'm many. I'm trying to see who could fight, Brad. No, who could fight? Oh, well, well, and I was going to say back <laughs> in Minnesota. I, I, there's not a single person who would have messed with Johnny Randall or Randall McDaniel. Those those two guys. Randall McDaniel, geez. yes, th right. those guys. That guy was me. He would he would take me in one on ones and throw me out of the film. Uh, <laughs> he he was there. There were a bunch of big bad men that I'd like to say I could probably hang with. When I got down to Tampa, I, not many people messed with me. I was all right. Uh, but uh, what about when you were in Gainesville? Oh God! Oh, Timmy Park was uh, we we had no. I'll tell you the best player I ever played with at Florida was a guy named Willie McGrady. Let me tell you something. That guy I've never seen a person. Now Willie's passed away. I think he passed away maybe 15, 12 years ago. Oh man, Willie McGrady. You don't need to Google this guy. <clears throat> he 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 was a freshman, and he's the only guy I've ever seen that could have gone straight from high school to play pro football as a fullback guaranteed so he started at nose guard and fullback as a freshman now he didn't start at nose guard but he started at fullback but he'd play some nose guard he played both ways and so when Emmett rushed for 225 yards or whatever in 1987 against Alabama that was his come out game of the year Willie McGrady was blocking for that guy and that guy was a man child he won like state he went to palatka and won the state championship in wrestling like as an eighth grader as a ninth grader i'm talking heavyweight as, as a junior and senior and he was the he was the nicest guy in the world but if you ever got he got he would get if you ever got on his bad side that guy's back would like roll up and he was i mean the hair on his neck would stick up you stayed away from willie mcgrady he was probably the baddest man i ever saw in florida that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Brad, I want to, I want to ask you, I'm sure these guys have more, you know, other questions. I want to ask you, I know you, I know that you mentioned that, um, you know, when you were kind of, kind of wrapping up towards the end of your, your, your NFL career, I know you went and got your master's and you went and did law school. Were you going to law school and playing at the same time? What was that situation like? Cause I, I know you graduated and then went right back into, uh, are you finishing the NFL and went right into, uh, to almost becoming an attorney at the same time? I, I did actually. So no, I I went to law school every spring. So Florida okay. allowed me to, uh, you know, play football in the fall, and then from January to May, I would go to law school up at University of Florida. Um, 
and then uh um so it took me six years um mm. but as soon as i retired in 01 i i graduated that same year and took the bar the next spring so the transition because that's the hardest thing i think for most guys you know you hear about all these million dollar you know contracts or these hundred million dollar contracts so that that's a very small amount uh and was unheard of back when i was playing right. um but for the most part you know 90 percent of the nfl players i mean they make good money but but not necessarily unless they want to, you know, be live frugally, which is fine. But if you want to try to maintain the kind of lifestyle you have as an NFL player, then, you know, you really have to move into something else. And, and, and if nothing else, you got to occupy your time. Cause if, mm-hmm. if you go from playing football into doing nothing, your wife's going to hate you. And, you know, you're, you, know you, you got laying around the house, choosing between Oprah or, or CNBC or whatever, whatever it is, that that's a bad way to live. So I think a lot of guys have, have difficulty trying to figure out what their next stage in life is going to be. And with me, it was, you know, I, I got an opportunity and graduated law school and Morgan and Morgan hired me, um, you know, straight out, which is if I was a 10th round pick in football, I was the first pick in the draft coming out of law school. I had a good, good mentor, you know, with John Morgan and worked there for five years, then opened up Culpepper Curland in 07. Um, so the transition wasn't as difficult for me because I kind of went from, full-time football to full-time lawyer and it, it was it was a lot easier and, but and, it, you know and mentality wise mentality wise what's the difference mentality wise leaving the grid out and going to a courtroom um well it's just dealing with a lot of different people i think there's a lot of similarities with you know being able to get along with all the different types in, in the locker room and being a leader in there is is you know i, I deal with all types within my law um, I've got to deal with opposing counsel. I've got to deal with, you know, judges. I've got to deal with my own client. I've got to deal with adjusters and, you know, it's <clears throat> not manipulating, but kind of just, you know, listening to hearing what everyone has to say and understanding their perspectives. I think that the, the similarities in what I do with the locker room are very similar. Clearly, you know, I, I can understand people's pain. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of clients with different things. Sometimes I think that their pain is nothing. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and obviously I, I can't bang my head against somebody. I've got to kind of take a chill pill sometimes and be like, all right, all right, we're on equal ground. It's not like I can line up against you and head slap you, um, <laughs> which sometimes I'd want to do that, but obviously you can't. Uh, but, I got a uh, question. I want to be. I, I've been wanting to ask this question for for years because I've just been curious. Uh, is your son named after Rex Grossman? Mm-mm-mm. No, Rex Norris actually. <laughs> uh, so Rex, I was saying one of the best coaches I had at Florida was Rex Norris. Yeah, and, uh, that he's kind of the one that that believed in me. And and as a uh, you know redshirt freshman, you know I was a second team player, and and he gave me a lot of encouragement. And I ended up you know starting for him the next year, and and. Uh, he actually ended up playing for him in Chicago my last year in the league. So it was great. But so Rex Culpepper, my son, is named after Rex Norris, the ex oh, nice. defensive line coach at, at uh, Florida. Hey, Brian. So I played two years, uh, had the opportunity to play two years with with uh, Rondé Barber. Talk wow. about talk about playing with Rondé. How was that when he was a, a younger Younger Rondé. Yeah, no, Rondé's a great football player. Let me tell you something. But it's funny. He got a slow start. They they drafted him in the second or third round, and he what they were going to cut him the next year. You know, he ran. I think he ran a four six. I mean, he he was not a fast guy. Um, and Ahmad wishes he ran a four six. I yeah, get it. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> we all did. Um, 
but but you know you know typical cornerbacks are four 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 three guy four two right, guys right right and and you know Rondi you know wasn't fast he wasn't over big but you talk about a tough player who was always around the football we couldn't believe it um, I think he he de- you know you talk about good fortune he got on a team where our defensive line got after it and we got on the right. quarterback within two to three seconds so the cornerbacks yeah. really didn't they have, have to, to cover guard very long, long. yep. Um, so his second year he got, you know, he ended up playing a little bit of slot and he just kept making plays. He was always around the ball. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was like the ball would be tipped and no one would be around except Rondé or, or there would be a hundred people around and the ball would end up in Rondé's hands. I mean, he, he, he must've had, you know, 30 picks and 30 fumble recoveries and 30 sacks. I mean, he was always around the ball and, uh, just a, the only way you'd ex, I'd explain Rondé Barber would be he was a great football player. He didn't do one thing like the best, but he did everything really well, and he was always around the football. And and mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best attributes you can say about any football player. And I think I think both he and John Lynch will be in the Hall of Fame. You know, yep. you know John John probably sooner than later. And and I think Rondé will follow him, and it may take a second, but I think he'll get in there too, and deservedly so. I mean, those those guys were, were great players. Yeah, I, I remember being a, a rookie and looking over at Rondé, and his freaking playbook was was bigger than everyone else's, um, partly because of the notes that he he had been taking, like he was a rookie. So I, right. I thought that was that was, that was kind of cool. He uh, gave me his his last game jersey that he ever wore. I knew he was going to retire after it, and I, I, like, put him to the side, and I was going to pay for it, and he gave it to me for free, and, like, signed it and stuff for me. So that was pretty cool. But I asked, him, a, I asked him one time. I always tell the story. I said, uh, he's always stretched. And, and Rondé would never stretch, Dan. Uh, never, never. I, now, I, I always would take notice. I'm like, why, the, why don't he ever stretch? And so one day I put him to the side. I say, uh, I say Rondé, I say, I say, how come you don't ever stretch when we stretch? And he looked at me with the straightest face ever. I swear to God, he goes, "You ever saw a, a cheetah stretch before he catches his prey?" And he walked <laughs> off. And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, bro, you're not even that fast, bro. Like, you're probably to- old." How one. many? I'm going to use that the next time that I'm running after something. And I will never forget that, bro. So, I, like, that's the one story I can always tell around there, bro. So he looked at me dead in the face. probably stretch. So yeah, if I pull a hammy, I can send my uh, my hospital bill straight to Ronde Barber. <laughs> to Ronde, you got to send to Ronde. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's 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 a rare rare breed that can do all that. No, yeah, I've I've heard other people say, you know, listen, you never stretch before a bar fight, do you? And, and I was like, well, no, you're right. And somebody hit me on the head with a bottle. I wouldn't say, hold on a second, let me stretch. <laughs> uh, the next day, I wish I would have stretched. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that night, shoot. <laughs> hey, uh, Brad, who's the greatest call paper of all time? There's no question about that. <clears throat> oh, your grandfather, Dante. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought you were talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who you got? Who you got? No, you, your grandfather? You got y'all? Y'all got? I, I sent a funny sign. So on the island, uh, I live on Davis Island here in Tampa, and my direct talk, neighbor, talk. my direct neighbor is 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 Tom Brady. He, he yeah. lives, I know, right over like twenty feet. Yeah, you the goat, bro. You right. You yeah. right. So 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 do we get an invite to the pod? Well, he, doesn't, he doesn't tell you that that's normally A Rod's house or Derek Jeter's house. Derek pardon, Jeter. me. It's, it's Derek, pardon me, Derek, Derek Jeter's house. Oh, no, talk that talk. You the goat, Brad. Yeah. No, but so so what I'm saying is that so everybody's putting up these signs that said the goat is my neighbor. So I took a picture of that. I took a picture of that and sent it to, to Brooks, Sap, and Lynch, and said, "Look what I saw in Tom Brady's yard." 
my name. I said, see, he knows what time it is. Hey, hey, dude. I love it. He, he, he has that in his yard because he knows the goat is his neighbor. No, I'm teasing. Uh, that is like hysterical. Uh, Brad, I want to talk to you about your, your time on Survivor. Um, <laughs> you and your, your wife um, were both on it. What was that experience like? Um, I mean, both on TV and then all of that extra time that, that's not on TV. What's that, what's that whole experience like? Well, we both played two times and, and we both – you know, ended up being finalists and, and yeah. runner up. And so what that means is you're basically on the Island for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, but you have no bath, you have no brush your teeth, you have no toilet, uh, very limited water. You're sleeping in dirt. They're bugs. It's hot and cold. It's rainy. Uh, Sounds like football practice. It's the best. I would do it any day I could. I love it. <laughs> would do it again in a heartbeat. It's, it's miserable. And you got to just love the misery, embrace the suck. And, and I loved it because I, I, and my wife played before me actually. And so before she went, she, I was like, listen, honey, as long as you're all running in mud, I go, you'll run faster than anybody else. And so, you know, that's kind of the mentality. It's totally like football. It's miserable, but you got to know that everybody's on the same page. So, I mean, I can out tough any of those people. Um, yeah, definitely dealing with the people is the hardest part of the thing the elements is simple. Um, but having to deal with all the different types for 40 days, it's hard to fake it that long. Um, but no, it was it was a great experience. She, my wife, would never do it again, but I would definitely do it again. What's harder, surviving survivor or surviving marriage? <laughs> well, for me, marriage is easy. So oh, okay. uh, uh, we're the same person. I mean, we I think, and I and I, I think we're lucky with that. Um, we kind of grown together. I mean, I've been married twenty eight years. It'll be twenty nine years come May, and. Uh, I mean, I, I say easy. I mean, you know, obviously we have disagreements and everything else. And, and you really don't know marriage until you've had kids. So, you know, we, we've got three kids. We, we've had one kid that had cancer and, you know, we overcame mm -hmm. that. But, but mm -hmm. you know, my wife and I, we think alike. We're, we're the same person. And I think, I, I don't know if that's luck. Maybe that's like, you know, getting on a good NFL team. I, and I found, the, I found the perfect system for me. I like that. You know, and, I like and, that. And, and, you know, there's some people that don't find the right system and there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, I, I like that. I would be first to tell somebody that, look, if you're not in the right system, yeah. it's nobody's fault, but get in a better system for both of you. Talk that talk, Brad. I like all that. I like how you transition. <laughs> like marriage, he's a marriage counselor when he's, yeah, when he's yeah. being an attorney, Mar you know? Marriage counselor one-on-one, right? Hey, Brad, what do you think, what do you think um, Tom Brady did to celebrate you getting nominated to the College Football Hall of Fame? <laughs> well, I'm sure he probably did what he likes to do best and probably went and watched film and yeah. uh, 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 scouted the next team he was going to play. <laughs> hey, Brad, Brad do, 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 you get, do you get a lot, a lot of noise complaints coming from across the street or what? They're pretty quiet uh, over there. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's not the L's. It's super, super, no, no. They're, it's crazy on the island, though. So we're on the open yeah. bay. And their boats, there are boats, I mean, uh, almost every day. Matter of fact, this summer, um, they had to have police boats come and anchor there to keep people from harassing him and yelling in there. Because so, so Derek, I lived next to Derek for like six years. And it, it wasn't, I mean, you'd get Yankees fans that would come and yell. And, yeah, and Derek, yeah. Derek's a great guy. I mean, he, you know, he would actually wave and do whatever. Um, but but Tom Brady, I mean, he's like Michael Jordan. He's like Tiger Woods. I mean, Literally. And, and you, have, you have Giselle. So, I mean it's 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 unbelievable the kind of traffic that comes on our street uh and people just want to take pictures in front of his house and then this morning matter of fact we had some helicopter that was going around his house must have been for an mm. hour and about wrecking into the side of it. it's real windy right now 
And I was like, this guy's a maniac. But I mean, I can't imagine how miserable. I mean, he's a, definitely a slave to, I mean, his surroundings. He can't go anywhere without just being hyper right. uh, aware or hyper hassled. Um, actually, you know, I, I don't really envy that portion of it. Obviously, the Super Bowls and the millions of dollars and all that stuff is all awesome. But I mean, he he's so famous; it's almost he, he's almost in jail. Yeah, that's why I chose not to do that. No, nah, right. I mean, no, for sure, no, for sure. No, because yeah. no, I, I for real, I uh, I was I was I remember one time playing we was playing NCAA football, me and Tebow, and uh, you know just kidding around, and I was like I'm about to go to the mall, and I you know just kind of was like, hey bro, you, you trying to you trying to go with me? Sure. And he looked at me. He was like, um, I can't. And I and I'm thinking like, what do you mean? Why? What do you mean you can't? He was like. Bro, they'll swamp me, and I had to think about it. And I'm like, bro, for real, this was after his Heisman Trophy and everything. No, for sure. So I, so I can only imagine Tom Brady. Like he's just, you know, crazy. Yeah. No, no, it's terrible. And I, you know, I get a little bit of it just being a kind of a local person. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, <clears throat> sometimes I wake up on Sunday and I want to just go to get go to Publix and get whatever. And I run into people that know me, and you know, or I've met them. And so I get a little, <laughs> you know, and I get a little bit of it, and, I, and that's fine, yeah. and that's that's dandy. But I can't imagine that. Every single time I go out, I've got to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so, but, but, you know, he, listen, he's, he's the best. I mean, he's the best that's ever played the game. I don't care what you say. I mean, he, oh, hands and, down. And, yeah. And, literally. And the guy, guy's amazing. And he's literally taken this team that hasn't done anything in, in 20 years and, and vaulted them into the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing to, to even witness. Uh, seeing something like that within your lifetime of somebody being that great that can single-handedly kind of propel a team to the Super Bowl because you guys all know. I mean, it's so yeah. hard to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And this guy's been to the play, Super play, Bowl. Playoffs, I mean, play, 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 the playoffs, Brad. It's hard no, to get to the playoffs. No, 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 right. no it is. It, it is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's funny. I remember Jack Del Rio, my rookie year, we made the playoffs, ended up losing, and he, he – it was the first time he'd been in and I was, he looked at me, he goes, you have no idea how hard it is to get here. And, and I was it's like, hard. Ah. Um, but, as but, a Dolphins know, fan, I get it. He's, he's won more, he's won <laughs> as many Super Bowls as, I mean, I'm sorry. He's played in as many Super Bowls as I had played seasons. So mm. it's just like, Oh my God. I mean, uh, you know, mind -boggling. but, but um, so I, I, it's exciting that the, the whole Tampa area is, is alive and, and, you know, it's kind of, too bad with this COVID situation because this town would be out of its it'd, mind. It'd be crazy. So <laughs> no, it really would be. So one more question for me, Brad. Um, what's your prediction? You know, it's a big game. It's a big game Sunday. God, it's, uh, it's a tough one. It is because you know my heart wants to say Tampa. So <sighs> since I'm not going to lose any money, I'll take Tampa with you guys. But if I was betting money, <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to go against Mahomes. I mean, uh, you, you might have you might have to take Tampa plus three. I don't know. I, you know, I mean, they don't have their tackles, which which yeah. helps. But yeah. I, I swear, as great as Brady is, okay, and he's the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've ever seen a quarterback play like Patrick Mahomes plays. I mean, he every time he gets the ball, you can look in his eyes, and he knows he's going to do something good with it. I mean, it's like he has such confidence and and. I, I just never seen a quarterback like that. I'm used to seeing quarterbacks whose eyes kind of get all bug eyed, yeah. and get scared. And that guy is calm. And I mean, so if you had to press me into a corner, oh, I'll take the I'll take the Bucks and uh, winning at a squeaker by one. Uh, 
You don't look too confident in that. <laughs> you kind of like I'm let that just that's come that's out, right? Team, that's a home team deal right there. That's but, a safe uh, answer. That's a safe but, answer. But if I was in Vegas right now, I'd have a hard time not not thinking that the, the, that the, uh, the red and yellow team would, would win. Okay, okay. Well, I love it. Well, Brad, tell everybody where they can uh, where they can follow you. Um, I don't even do any all that social media. Very good. If you need yeah, me, man, live on the island. Cfirm.com. Just watch TV, and you'll you'll, yeah. you'll see. You'll, right. You can find me. I, I don't need a business card. Yeah, I don't Google need Tom Brady House. Hey, 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 yeah. Talk that talk. Yeah, talk that talk. You got know, wealth out here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, <laughs> as a harbor as a Harbor Island resident, I'm jealous of the Davis Island resident. You know. Right, right. I'm where Derek Brooks used to live. Hey, man, look, I, I, look, I, I, I only lived in Tennessee, guys. So, yeah, John Lynch, John Lynch lived over there. Dilford lived over there. Mm-hmm. They, they all lived in the slums over. They on ran the out of money. You know, Dilford came back and won a Super Bowl in Tampa, man. You, said, uh, <laughs> you heard exactly what I said, bro. <laughs> 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 <It's up>, huh? <laughs> Um, All righty, man. Appreciate Brad, it. we appreciate your time, my friend. You got it, guys. Take care. All right, thanks a lot. Take care, man. Oh, that was a great conversation, man. Just hanging out with Ghost, man. A lot of wealth over there, bro. I yeah. see Brad. A ton of wealth. You need to see Derek Jeter's house, by the way. Mind you, it's, it's three lots big. Like, it's the uh-huh. most famous house in Tampa, like, before Tom Brady moved in there. And now Tom Brady moved in and they put up all this like security fencing and everything else. But it's funny when I take the boat out uh, into the bay there, there's all these boats that slow down to like gawk. Let's go over there. I'm, I'm pulling up this week. Dan, you're in Tennessee ride by TV 12. I'm on the boat, Dan. I'm on. I'm a two and a half minute boat ride from Tom Brady's house. Oh, let's go. Let's go. We'll just fire a cannon. He'll know what's up. Oh, you could call the cops. You fire can you fight? You bring that little bro, ass cannon, bro. You know damn well nobody gonna call the cops on that little ass cannon. Yeah, they is. Anything go, anything go kaboom by Tom Brady house. They call him wrong. Yeah, SWAT is flying down on Dan immediately. Oh, <laughs> right away. That's so funny, bro. Before we got on the show, uh, my man Brad was talking about thousand dollar sweatsuits. He only wore once. I was like, "Oh my good, I didn't know he was doing it like that, baby." I'm talking about he, he uh, bought a lot of Ric Flair type shit. Like, yeah, he, 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 he said, "Woo!" He said, "Woo!" Yeah, a quick, a quick one though. Like, woo. That's that person. I, I like, I like the humble brags. Like, yeah, yeah, Dave Brooks used to live here. Yeah, but yeah, he's like, humble yeah, yeah. He's like, he's humble with it, on my but, street all the time, looking at Tom Brady's house. You're like, what is that? I was humble. Used to, used to was the brag. <laughs> look, look, he is he a humble, but brag a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah throw a little bragging too. in. Yeah, he worked his ass off, bro. For the people who are listening, like, I just wish y'all could have seen just the background of his house, like. Dude was ceiling so high. Like, I don't it's know if y'all people. Bro, his ceiling was extremely high. So. <laughs> Disrespecting my ceiling. Yeah, you feel me? All right, what we got next, Dan? All right, Selga, I think it's time to throw it out to uh, a Brunt Addery. Oh, shout out to the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insurance from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg is the best of the best in insurance business. Life insurance, auto insurance. Trailer insurance, home insurance, anything that moves, he can insure it. Motorcycle insurance, 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. Greg, what up, man? Big Greg fan. I think I got like three policies through Greg right now, so I appreciate that. 
Hmm. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I want to. We've been talking. Yep. Uh, for a couple some weeks. Some breaking now. news here. Kind of some breaking news, but we're gonna do a live show, man. We found a new. I like this live this uh yard stream thing, but we found a new software. I wanted to get something real sleek and something real. Uh, I wanted the 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 sound and the video to hit right. Yeah. Um, I don't like doing just live screens and it's all clunky and right. and breaking up. So I found I found a platform that we're gonna try out and we're gonna start doing some live shows. We're gonna figure out which day of the week and we're gonna get like random guests on other yep. data writers. Uh, then we just do some live stuff and kick it. It's not a lot going on right now, sports wise. So we're gonna figure out a different day, different days of the week, and just mix it up a little bit. What I love about Gator Twitter, Gator Podcast World, Gator Media World is such a diversity of thoughts and opinions and backgrounds and people that anytime you bring on anybody from this world, there's always a, a diverse conversation of, of thought and topic and just takes. Right. Uh, so I'm super excited to, to bring that on. I'm super excited to expand Stadium and Gale and what we're able to offer uh, and ultimately just put out more content. This is a, a time of year where content dries up a little bit, uh, especially when it comes to, to football. So let's, let's ramp it up. That means more interviews. That means more Gator legends. That means coaches. That means, you know, additional coaching staff folks coming back on. And the tournament is coming. So we're going to go live after some games. Like we could just pop up. Yo, let's go live. Let's get Nick Delatoro on. Let's get yeah, yeah. Thomas on. Like, let's just vibe and kick it. You know, bring it, bring Eric back on from the, uh, the Arctic right. Tundra, bring uh Patrick young, maybe, or right. some of the other uh, Gator legends that are on. Uh, but we just want to hang out, chop it up, uh, do some live streams, do some some Q and A, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we're super excited to to bring that to you guys. So stand by for some more details uh, there. And of course, we got to throw out a business opportunity. If you're looking at to, to sponsor, I uh, would love to uh, to talk to you more about that and what we might be able to do for you. Dylan Daniel back at it again uh i didn't give them a shout out earlier in the show uh when we did our gator news segment so my apologies but shout out to four members of the florida lacrosse program which were tabbed as preseason all americans they are fifth year defender kara trombetta was a first team preseason all american senior midfielder shannon cavanaugh was a second team all american and I don't know why I only have two names, but I'm sure there's two other great names that are on there that why I buy some time. Um, go check them out. They're a, uh, they're an exciting, uh, they're exciting team to check out. I was fortunate uh, when I was an undergrad uh, to be uh, a part of bringing that team. Ah, oh, here we go. Uh, Brianna Harris, uh, redshirt senior attacker and redshirt sophomore goalie, Sarah Resnick. So again, Kara Trombetta, Shannon Cavanaugh, Brianna Harris, and Sarah Resnick who found themselves either on the first team, second team, or honorable mention, all American teams. Tabbed by Inside Lacrosse Magazine. Word up. That's what's up. Amon, you still here? You still working? You clocked out? Nah, y'all boys talk about recruiting, man. You know, I kind of <laughs> I, I drift away a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'll be uh, here. Yeah, but, you know. Y'all get involved, man. Nah. Hey, Amon, have you ever been to a, a lacrosse game? Um... I think I might have went to one. They came okay. my my senior year was the inaugural year. I think right, so. yeah, hmm. yeah. It always looked cool. They have a, a really cool stadium over I, there. I, I um, rode by the other day. I think they were practicing. Um, I think it's past this past weekend. So, oh, baseball yeah. starts here soon. Judd Fabian uh, was a uh, a unanimous pick uh, for first team uh, 
All-American preseason All-American. Uh, and with that, that meant the, meant the destruction of the uh, old baseball stadium, McKeithen Stadium, uh, and the foundation's been poured for the uh, for the new football standalone facility. Uh, so we oh, had Chip sure. Howard on over the summer, talked a little bit about what that, that timeline might look like, and, and here we are. Yeah, but it's they, poured, they poured the foundation. They poured the foundation. That's what they say. Nobody tell me nothing. I, we could have put our handprints in and all, you know. Yeah, I figured I had a brick outside the stadium. They give me a call, let me know that they poured the foundation. They ain't call you a mod. Boys don't call me, man, for no for no decisions around here. I'll <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll reach out to Chip Howard when you're done. Hey, listen, hey, listen man. So <laughs> disrespect is great. If they're gonna pour concrete on the corner of Stadium and Gale, we have to be there. Right. Look, last time University of Florida asked me for a video, they ain't, they ain't use it, so it wasn't really. No, nah, man, it's just you know. I'm sure it's common in mind. They just, fig- they just figured that, like, you know what I'm saying, you and Chad were going through it, so they probably should just vibe right there. Amon has some terrible luck with videos. <laughs> the last time he filmed a video with a recruit, he decommitted. And the last time he filmed a video for UF, they didn't use it. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Bro, you're on the bad speaker videos. Yeah. Amon, sure. you're going to have to come on our live stream well, show. Wait, you, you, well, yeah. well, that goes into why I don't talk about recruiting, because you right. want to let somebody to commit that's three years out. So I, mean, <laughs> I don't think it's three. Or two at the time. Yeah. Hey, you gotta take him whenever he's ready though. Hey man. If he called you and said he ready to commit, I was like, I mean shit. I hope we can make up for it again. I hope so. Hope so. Hope so. A mod's in the sequel. Nah, two two Sam, two McCall. Nah, we gotta we gotta make his own video this time. Abad did this guy a favor and he lasted like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. He, he, should, he could at least call you and tell you he's about to decommit. He gave you a call? Nah, he, 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 you know, you know, this uh, respect my decision season. So, you know, oh, nobody look, calling you, bro. That's crazy. Nah, nah, I don't look for nobody calling me. No, it ain't hurt my feelings, big dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know go, man. These kids, bro. It's weird, bro, but it's, it's, it's the new don't way. Call me, don't call me for no recruiting videos. I'm not getting oh, none of y'all I, videos. Y'all boys I, is flaky. When I, when I seen somebody put up a top 11, I knew it was weird right here. Bro, and they be, like, ready for it, too. Like, top they they be like, yeah, at 8, 8 o'clock tonight, I'm put up we, a top 11. We made the top four. Man, you don't get out of here. That's my Man. favorite thing. A recruit will be, like, dropping some big news next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Everybody sits by their computer, like, here's my top 30. You're like, all right, bro. All right, yeah, like, come on. <laughs> I don't even wait for the tops no more. I'm just waiting to see who enters the transfer portal. That's the life I'm living. <laughs> That's all. I mean, if you come <laughs> right now, you come, you'll come eventually. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we eventually going to get the line. I lost with Bowman, then he came a year later. I'm not sweating no more. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. I can't control. I control what I can control. Uh, shout out to the great people at Manscaped.com, man. Be sure uh, to use coupon code SG at checkout. Keep those balls smooth. I know it's the winter time. You may not need the ball deodorant, but keep them smooth. You do. You I do just quick shot. I had to use it um, the other day. I was walking around, you know, right by where I live. Is the, the, the river walk where all the Super Bowl stuff is and everything else. Put put a little bit on. Was outside for probably four or five hours just walking around. And I, I, fe- I felt like a million bucks when I walked yeah. back. No chafing? No. Fresh, I felt like a, a new man. Yeah. yeah, felt like the same man the whole time. Not a new man, the same you can't, man the whole time. 
when you when you shave them, if you don't have the ball, you they definitely gonna stick to your leg when you walk it. Yeah, that's a lot of information. So just keep. Going. <laughs> <laughs> I said they're gonna stick to your leg if you don't have deodorant. That's a fact, Jack. Uh, you know, I'm just here to deliver the facts. So be sure to use coupon code SG at checkout for twenty percent off and free shipping. You might even get a free gift out of it. Oh, and get yourself some underwear from them too. It's fantastic. Oh, the underwear so soft. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and he didn't pay for this sponsorship, but shout out to my man, Spencer. Um, got some jerky from him the other day. I'm sure that, that oh, got some salsa, baby. Oh, so oh. here, I got a quick Spence. I forgot to tell you. Um, so Spence shipped me that salsa back in like August and I never got the chance to, to open. I just never had the right occasion. So like a week and a half ago, bro, I tried to take the lid off of that for like 10 minutes, finally got it off. That stuff slaps. I'm gonna put myself another Bro, order. And I don't I'm eat a ton you. of chips and salsa at home because I don't know when to stop on chips and salsa. Uh, but that stuff is absolutely it's, it's hot and it's still addictive. Like I've been like, oh my god, my mouth's on fire, pause. But I gotta just keep eating it. It's just the greatest salsa I've ever had in my life. Hey, so the last sure. bottle he sent me, he sent with the name Silk on it, and I wasn't home, so they, they took it to the little pickup place, and then my ID wouldn't say Silk, so he wouldn't give it to me. So, so is it still sitting there? Oh no, he sent me another one. Shout out to Spence. Hey, Spence, if you ever feel uh, if you ever feel generous, you just let me know. I'm always open. I'm sure Mod's open for free gifts too. Hey, man, I was the brain, <laughs> I was the brain genius behind the salsa, bro. So I got a lifetime salsa. I don't even know what that That's means. Did he come up with the idea? I told him he needed to sell it. He sent me some or something. Like, bro, you need to sell this. Like, I appreciate the free bottle. You know, I'm glad you can make dope salsa and all that, but this need to go in Publix or something. <laughs> I uh, just a, another quick pl- shame or, or plug. If anybody wants to send us free stuff, and we'll be more than happy to give you a review on our show. Oh, absolutely! It's it's free. It's free for you to send us free stuff, and we'll give you a review. So put if that sauce company, and maybe you maybe you want to sponsor, but maybe it's not in the budget right now. But you got some free stuff. You don't have to send us a lot, but we'd love to uh, love to pimp the brands of uh, of our listeners. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of pimping the the uh, the, the names and, and people that listen to our show, shout out to our boy Bing. Uh, it's his birthday today. Oh man, happy Bing Day, my dog. Big big Bing guy. All right, boys. Um, that salsa on tacos is the vibes too. Just I just want to throw that out there. Spencer's jerkandjerk.com. Jerkandjerky.com. Jerk that jerky. He, he doesn't sell jerks advice or anything like that. So. Uh, Let's end the show. Uh, I think it's my song of the week, right? Yeah. Ah. Um, hey, let's. Uh, Eric Church has a new, uh, a couple new albums coming out in March. He's also singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. So let's. I've been waiting for that. His I'm new waiting. single, um, "Heart on Fire." Uh, yeah, me, me and my dog's been waiting on that to drop. Yeah, this is this has been a long time coming. The word on the streets. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's, a two it's like y'all future. It's like y'all future. Drake. It's bigger, it's bigger than that. Yeah, like Drake. Probably, probably like the Drake. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so it's a big deal. I mean, Eric Church probably right, top top two, top three name in country music. Number one for me, but yeah, you know. he's like Drizzy then. Okay. Yeah. You. Yeah. So hard on fire. Shout uh, out to Country hey, Drizzy. A hey, good show. Uh we'll see you guys. Same corner, same time. Same corner, same time. I got it right. Hell yeah. There you go. Back at it again. Hey, we'll see you boys next week. All right, y'all boys.
truck Yeah, she's shaking, she's shimmy like Elvis Singing all sugar But you can't blame a boy for going Driving like a story Hot on fire Hot 